Hello and welcome to the Untied at Work podcast. Welcome to the show. This is a break from the ordinary at work. Untied at Work is meant to show you how to laugh at yourself and uh, make others laugh at you. <laughs> no, I that mean. is not what you're trying to do. For those of you who don't know Linda, she's the founder and CEO of Cortex Leadership Consulting, an author. She has consulted and coached over 6,000 leaders and has trained more than 10,000 executives and teams worldwide. And I'm Brett Sharp. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Linda, let's kick off the podcast by playing the next caller game. I love this game. I'm going to ask you five questions about the next caller. If you match three of the next caller's five answers, I'm going to buy you a $20 lottery ticket. That's, I think the jackpot's worth a billion dollars right now. It is a billion. So I may make you a billionaire. Oh, wow. That'd be fun. All right. So ready to go? I am. All right. Question number one. Does the next caller have any tattoos? Um, most people have tattoos, so I'm going to, I can't tell you where, I can't tell you what, but I'm going to guess they have a tattoo. Yes. Okay. Yes. Has the next caller ever met a celebrity? I absolutely have no idea. You know what? Most people these days have met or run into a celebrity. So I'm going to say yes. Okay. Is there a special category of celebrity? No, I think just a celebrity. Any celebrity. Be, Do yeah. you choose whether or not it's a celebrity? Yes, I'm the judge. Oh, damn it. Good luck with that. Okay. It's oh. My, it's my yeah. 20 bucks. I should you definitely bleep that out. I All know. Right. I'm like, I'm Too late now. Uh, <laughs> has the next caller ever done a TikTok video? I, I, I bet. I bet they have, but they may not admit to it. I remember my dad is 84 years old creating TikTok videos. That's <laughs> amazing. I want to see that. I would pay to see it. Okay, so that's a yes. What was he doing? My dad? Yeah. Oh, he was just doing crazy things. He had written a little song, and he was, it's crazy. I've got to see that. Yeah. Uh, what is the next caller's favorite type of music? Hmm. Jazz. I don't J- know. How jazz? I jazz is the next. <laughs> No one listens. Who likes jazz? Not one person in my life likes jazz. Good luck with that That answer. That's a really bad answer. Uh, Last one. Family feud now. Uh, Can the next caller line dance? Now this can be the wobble, drop it down low, uh, electric slide, cha cha slide, fancy like dance, any dance, any line dance, any line dance. I'm gonna say yes. Yes. Yes, I hope we have a fun one. All right. So let's get the next caller on the line. Hello. Brian? Yep. Brett Sharp and Linda Foster from Untied at Work. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So Brian Gibbons is a powerful leader in the area of igniting human potential through effective organizational strategies. That is a mouthful, dude. That sounds important. Uh, He has worked in human resources at Apple and Microsoft, and is currently the CPP, or are you the CPO? I've got chief people person, but us online, you're the yeah, chief person's officer. What are you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm called all kinds of things, but there's, I am called the CPO at uh, Real Chemistry. At Real Chemistry, a global award-winning communication company in healthcare with its headquarters in New York. And Brian, where are you right now? I am looking out at some cloudy skies in San Francisco, California. Oh, you bragger. San Francisco. That's amazing. Okay. Well, Brian, listen, I've asked Linda Foster five questions about you, and you and Linda know each other. If she matches three of your five answers, I'm personally buying her a $20 lottery ticket that could make her a billionaire because, as I understand it, the, the jackpot's $1.1 billion. 
All right. Let's see how well you know me, Linda. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna. I don't know that I guessed any of these right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I said I'm so sorry. Brian, this is where you make the deal with Linda. I get one tenth of whatever your winnings are. <laughs> if you... Exactly. <laughs> All right, number one. You could pay. You could pay, pay my San Francisco mortgage off for me, Linda. How about that? <laughs> okay. If I get a billion dollars, I can make that work. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, number one. Do you have any tattoos, Brian? I have to answer that and get to know what Linda thought. No, you had to answer. All right. No, I do not. Dang. She said yes. Not everybody had tattoos these my, days. What did you think my tattoo would be, Linda? I I don't know. I don't know. I just kind of pictured a tattoo in a place that nobody, you know, it's not like you would like show it on your hand or whatever like that because you're very professional. But I thought there might be a tattoo. No. Have you ever thought about one, Brian? Yeah, when I was 18, actually, I thought about getting uh, my friends and I used to drink Mountain Dew all the time. Thank God I did not get a can of Mountain Dew tattooed on. <laughs> Is that really? That would have been amazing. Oh, my God. Don't you love Mountain Dew, Brett? I, I used to. I don't oh, drink it so much now. Oh, you're hanging there. I'm pretty redneck. All right, number <laughs> two, uh, have you ever met a celebrity? Yes. <laughs> There's Got one right. right. There's one right. Can okay. you tell us who? I've met a couple, actually. The one person I saw at a car show in L.A. was Kristen Davis. And I just don't know where my head was, but it was, like, during the Sex in the City days. Oh, yeah. And so I, I just, like, walked right up to her and introduced myself and called her, actually called her Kristen Davis. And I think she so appreciated that I was a fan of, of her as she was, not just a character from Sex in the City. So um, she was one of the first ones. And then one of the more recent ones, and relevant ones was Dan Levy from uh, Schitt's Creek. Oh, wow. So that, was a, that was a good one. That's cool. Now, I'm going to tell you, because I'm such a geek, maybe, but I thought he was going to mention he worked for Tim Cook. So I thought, I mean, he's been in, like, oh, the gym yeah. with him. So I was like, well, at least I think I'm going to get yes, even if he just says Tim Cook. In my geeky world, yeah. that's a So, Brian, just tell us that they were sweet people. They weren't prima donnas. They were nice. Oh, yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody was nice. And if I threw Tim Cook in there, he was absolutely the nicest of everybody and most humble of everybody I've ever met. Oh, That's cool. Yeah, I like to hear those. That's the those are the kind of celebrities I like to hear. Not I don't have yeah. time for an autograph, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Uh, have you ever done a TikTok video, Brian? No. Dang. No TikTok videos. <laughs> Brian, I was thinking you were much wilder than what I guess. Yeah. I'm getting all these wrong. <laughs> well, you got one right. You still got, have a chance to win. You got to get the next really? two. This oh, one okay. is not going to be good. No, this is going to be bad. This Brian, is what is your favorite type of music? Chill. Like chill chill music. Oh, I, I kind of have to accept that then. You kind of have I to. I think I'll let that one go. <gasps> Linda said jazz. I thought no one in the oh. on the planet liked jazz, but will jazz suffice? Say yes. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is chill? Is that yacht rock or is that easy? No, it's just like like instrumental chill. It can be sometimes it's like meditation type music or oh, yeah. uh, it can be a little bit of like slower house EDM type music. Yeah. You're a pretty deep dude, Brian Gibbons. I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, yeah. last one. This is for the win or the loss. Down to the wire. Can you line dance? Now, this can be any kind. This could be a wobble. This can be electric slide. It could be the fancy like dance. Any line dance. Actually, no, I'm going to say no, but I have done 
Oh, my God. We used to do like this line dance to Xanadu at a bar in Seattle on Sunday night called the that has Timber to count. Something. That works. Yeah. He said it's a it's line dance. Been a long time. Yeah. Okay. So I, guess, see. I guess. I guess you get it. Okay. Anything dealing with Olivia Newton John, you're in. Yeah, that's a okay. win. Nice <laughs> job, Linda. You just won a twenty dollars lottery ticket that I will personally buy with my own money. But you have to give Brian a cut of the winnings. Deal. Oh, absolutely. No, no, I'm paying off his house in San Francisco. Yeah. If it's a billion bucks, Brian, <laughs> money's coming your way. All right. Sounds good. Brian, so uh, since we got you on the phone, we'd like to make you our executive spotlight. Okay for Linda to ask you a few questions? You bet. Okay. So I am curious about what your best rollout with your team was in the last year. So when you think about the last year, what was your best rollout that you did? Uh, it was definitely around retention and attrition. Uh, we, were, we were seeing some pretty significant spikes and some of the programs we actually put in place, and we quickly put these in place, were around um, relaunching surveys. So we were surveying our employees as they were coming in, knowing what mattered to them. We were also surveying our people as they were leaving the company and trying to get the data as to why they were leaving. Um, and we used that to kind of pinpoint it was around onboarding, like nobody was onboarding them. So we, we revamped our onboarding program, our buddy program, um, where we gave the, the real chemistry person and the new hire both a Starbucks gift card to start the relationship before they even arrived at the company um, to get that buddy bond going. And then um, the talent acquisition team really rallied around the interview process and we implemented something called the day in the life of interviewer, which is one person that they just answer questions. They don't actually even submit feedback to the recruiter around hire, no hire. It's just for them to be able to talk to the candidate about what is a day in the life of at Real Chemistry really like? What's the type of work they're gonna do? And that we were trying to really address the issue of people leaving the company before they even hit their first year anniversary. So that all of that, I'm just super proud of the team for coming together and executing quickly and really solving a problem that needed to be solved. And happy to report that our attrition has taken a pretty steep dive down, which is great. Oh, that's fantastic. I really love the... Um... You know, it's the small things that can make such a big difference with the Starbucks gift cards yeah. from bo on both sides of it and all the other things that you did. It's like no one thing probably had this massive impact except the surveys to get your data, right? Mm -hmm. But then you took that data and took such fast action um, and, and sort of removed all the bureaucracy that normally would occur. You know, I just... That, that's there's a lot of lessons in that that you just described yeah. and a lot of great ideas for other people to implement at their companies we had, too. Yeah, we had to get scrappy. <laughs> Got scrappy. Well, I think it was interesting, Brian, when when I was when we were prepping for the five questions, I was trying to do research on you, trying to find you. You are off the grid, man. I mean, you're on. I, I see you on LinkedIn, but the one thing I found when I was combing through the internet trying to find uh, facts about you is that I, I fell upon reviews of Real Chemistry, and every single review I read was all about they, they put us first, and it's a great place to work, and I feel like I'm important. I thought it was really cool. It was oh. really, really good reviews. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. He's, he's responsible for that stuff. We're trying. 
So um, what's one thing you wish you could do over in the last year? <laughs> Just uh, for me, I could give you 10. But if you had if you had one yeah. thing over the last year, what a would do you over? do? Yeah, like a do-over. Okay. Like, please, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Linda Linda knows this, that I, I took this role in the last year. And so I get to go back and reflect on the entire time I've been in this job. And I think one thing that I, I mean, I've had lots of lessons is, I would really look at the team that I inherited and um, kind of stepped in to lead and really have gotten to know them a bit more and what their capabilities are to set up the best possible functioning people organization. And I think that that um, that can even go for our our new CEO, you know, we have a new CEO in the last year as well, and he we did a big reorg. And something I've talked with him about is not only making sure you've got the right leaders in there from a business standpoint, but thinking about what is the team you want to build? What are the team dynamics you want to build? And that's not just the, the hard skills. It's the soft skills as well that you need to assess. I think we don't think about onboarding relationships like it it tends to be a function when you first go to the company and we get really excited about how to onboard but we don't spend a lot of time talking about how do you onboard right new relationships in sometimes in the same department because as you change positions you may know them but you know them in a completely different way than you know when you were a peer versus when you're trying to lead them could be very different right yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you plant them, are you just throwing the seed in the ground or are you putting miracle grow? I like that's it. exactly right. That's just, and like, that's what I think all leaders have to do when you, whether you are new or have been promoted into the role, it is understanding your people and the, the skills that they truly have and how do you flourish those or, or, or grow those. And it's, I mean, look, like, I think I probably over... I thought some people's skills were more than they really had. And you have to you have to be willing to make those calls and reassess. The hard calls. Yeah, the hard calls. <laughs> the hard call. That's why I always say leadership is lonely. God, you got to make some hard calls. Yeah. Okay, last question. Now that you know blank, what will you do differently in the future? That's deep. That's heavy. Yeah, exactly. Put that right there on the spot there, buddy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can go back to what I just what I just mentioned, kind of in that the lesson of the last year is like now that I know that about myself, and it's I will make faster. Probably I will make faster decisions next time. Mm, nice, nice. It's great having I mean, I, you. Yeah, I, we I know how busy you, you are. You're a great executive spotlight. <laughs> he we was, like you, Brian. He was. Yeah, <laughs> he has some really cool experiences. I. I really appreciate you playing with us today <laughs> and yeah, let, letting us just ask you a lot of silly questions, but then um, ones that I actually think are going to have a pretty nice impact as people listen to some of the stuff that you rolled out in the last year. There's a lot of lessons yeah, in there. Great. Yeah, I know we got a pretty personal, Brian, but and, and know how busy you are, so thank you for giving us some time. Absolutely. What a nice guy. Oh, he really is. Brian Gibbons, he's, what he's a great really guy. Wonderful. Yeah, he's one of the most... Um, personable like he connects with you really quick but he's insanely reliable so if you need something from him and he's promised it he's going to get back to you like, well, and you really can tell important. that he genuinely cares 
Oh, and he's all about relationships. Yeah. He's a very good um, person to have in charge of your strategy when it comes to people. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's play uh, Choose This, Not That. Okay. What do I do when, here's the scenario, I felt like I was a shoe-in for the promotion, but my much newer, shinier coworker, who I feel was undeserving, got the nod over me. Choose this, not that. Okay. A, slash them tires. <laughs> or B, share my feelings about her with my boss. Right. Okay. Slash so them tires. So it's a her. Yeah. <laughs> Does that matter? So, yeah. So oh. You're, oh, so okay. Okay. So if it was so, a dude, we're going to slash 10 tires. <laughs> we're going to okay. slash the tires. Share my feelings. Well, obviously, it's um, share your feelings with your boss, right? And give some thought to what that conversation sounds like. That's easier said than done. It It is very hard. Do not emotionally respond to the situation. Accept your feelings about it. Like, Take some time to grieve. When you're running at something and you want something really badly, take a moment to like grieve the fact that you didn't get it. Except, you know, have compassion for yourself that you're disappointed. You may have told a lot of people about it and you got excited. And now not getting a promotion at work can be embarrassing to you. you so you walk into the office and everybody knows you lost. Yeah. You know, so um, it's not like when you're applying for a job. You, you know, you just don't get the job, but when you're going for a promotion, so I would say have some compassion for yourself. Take, take some time to just, you know, process those emotions and then think about why they might've chosen that other person over you, because that's really what you want to know. If your desired outcome is to get promotions in the future to, and why do you want a promotion? Like, do you love that company and you want to move up in it? Do you really want to lead other people? Like, really? Were Do you, you want just to buy a Mercedes? Right. Like, yeah. what? It, I don't know. I, I have no judgment over whatever you want. It is just, why do you want that? Because, because if it is that you want to advance and get better in your career, then having an understanding from whoever chose that other person is the most helpful thing to you. If they chose them, making a case for why they should have chosen you isn't going to really be helpful. But walking in with a set of questions like, hey, I, I really ran at this hard. I thought I had a chance, and it would help me a great deal if you if you laid out for me some of the things I could do to improve to maybe get the, the promotion in the future. And you know what? If you don't think I'm right for that particular role, what role do you think I'm best at? Wait a second. This sounds like you don't want to be a victim, DDT. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you do not want to be in the dreaded drama triangle. You do not want to be a victim. You want to take an empowerment stance and ask questions and really be coachable from your boss. Yeah. All right. Choose this, not that. Same scenario. Okay. Do you, A, put dog poo on her porch step <laughs> in a brown paper bag, or B, lay low, work hard, and hope that I'm next? So what I would say is work hard and be coached by your boss or someone else that understands your workplace, maybe a mentor, and find out what you need to be working harder at. So some people just don't get the promotion and do the exact same thing moving forward. So 
And both it's a definition of, these, of insanity. Right. Yeah. And both of these choose this scenarios that I'm telling you to do. It's about you need some feedback. And you need to really understand, is that the best role for you? So when you're working hard moving forward, what do you need to learn? What skill do you have that they didn't, what skill do you need that you don't have? So go to skills first. Like what did the job really require as far as skills? And if you were to rank yourself or they were to rank you on a zero to 10 for each of those skills, how would they rank you and why would they rank you in that way? Do you agree with that? Do you not agree with that? You need data before you just set sail and start working hard again. One I of think. my skills is I'm great at Sudoku. You think that'd give me a I raise? Said, well, no. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, what do you say when? Your boss emails you late at night on mm. weekends and super early in the morning. What do you what do you say? What do you do? How do you handle that? So I think it's really helpful with bosses to start with some rules of engagement. And what that sounds like with your boss is to go, okay, can we talk about the different channels of communication? And so there's multiple channels of communication. There's emails, there's texts, there's phone calls. Sometimes there's even chat, you know, on Teams and things like that. Can facts. Facts. Oh, my God, you're so old. Okay. <laughs> For any of you faxing anymore. MySpace. Uh, <laughs> so what you want to do is kind of have a conversation and say, for what is your expectation of me when I get a email from you? Do you expect me to respond to you immediately? Yeah. Um, when Can I do it Monday morning me? after it? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have 24 hours to get back to it? So you sort of set up this, and I've done this many times. We do this at our company is to say, look, if you send an email, we don't think it's urgent. We think we can get to it when we need to over the next 24 hours or sometimes 48. Unless in the subject line, you put something called Q1, which is urgent and important. So we see Q1, deadline this time, need your answer right now. Then we know, we shuffle it up and we get yeah. right. Otherwise, if you're just sending an email, if you send us an email and then you text us, hey, I just sent you an email, can you look at it? Yeah, and pineapple. Um, I know it's super important if the subject line is pineapple. <laughs> Better get this one now. now pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> and then if, um, you know, in our family personally, um, you know, I think about phone calls. We don't, like if, if, if Melody, my daughter, phone calls me and, um, and just hangs up, no message. I know she was driving somewhere. She had a minute and wanted to talk to me and couldn't do it. If she texts me, and says, hey, can you call me? And then calls me three times in a row, it's urgent. Get the phone. Yeah, call back. Call back. Yeah. So if I was in class or whatever, the minute I got whatever, I'd be like, I need to call my daughter right now. But it helps so much to figure out these expectations. What's your expectation from your boss? Like, don't play games anymore. And you know what? You might find that maybe it isn't that urgent. Maybe that isn't the expectation. Maybe right. you can answer it when you get into work on Monday morning. Right. And you might say, look, you're, I don't, I would love to be able to just ignore your emails. I can't. Is there any way you could try to schedule them for 730 in the morning? Like, so if you send me an email late at night, would you mind scheduling it? Like you can just hit a button and say schedule for 8am the next day. Um, and if it's super urgent, could you just call me whenever it is yeah. and let me know? Or just text pineapple. Um, or just text pineapple. I totally I derail you with that. <laughs> I know, you are I'm so like, derailed. You're like, what like, is he? 
what have I done here? Why am I on the air with this guy? Well, and then I was kind of thinking, like, that's cool. That's, you know, that's that's fun. Like, could you put something in your email? Like, yeah. you know, uh, monkey. That's, you know. I love it. You can get back to that tomorrow. I so, love it. Yeah. That's, well, and sorry to derail you, but, but no, you're not. I this think is it's, putting yeah. fun back in your workplace, and I think it's okay to have some fun with your boss. Know your know your audience. I think we crowd. assume things from people way too much. Yeah. We assume because we got an email from the boss that they expect a response. And so we never so then we go into the whole should library. They shouldn't have emailed me at midnight. What are they doing emailing me at seven in the morning? What are, instead of honestly the compassion to go, my boss is working at midnight and seven AM and they're overwhelmed. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Who thinks about that? Nobody thinks about that. That's a great yeah, point. Like, yeah, like this is the only time they find quiet to be able to send an email. Like, wow. Yeah. Like you know, to, to change some of the, the way that we work together is to have compassion for ourselves and also just make fun of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then to also have compassion for other people. I mean, somebody sending you emails at night and in the morning and everything else means they're they're kind of wide open and you can judge them to say they're not managing their time right. They're not doing this right. Or you can kind of go, I've never done their job. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know your audience. One time, a boss I had, um, I found out it was his birthday, and he, it, this is not publicized. He does not want people. He doesn't celebrate birthdays. And so I went out and bought a birthday card that has one of those um, money holders on the inside, and I just put, happy birthday, and I drew an arrow, and I put, you put the money right here. <laughs> I found it on my desk with a dollar. I was like, score, and he has a good sense of humor. I'm in. <laughs> it's great. But you have to know your audience. You absolutely do. For sure. What are you, you going to buy with the buck? What would you buy with the buck is a the pony. question. <laughs> a pony. Was it back when you drank Mountain Dew? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. So, Linda, what is your takeaway from this episode of Untied at Work? What I thought Brian and his team did very well was start implementing surveys, take that data, immediately start applying some things and see the impact that they're having. The day in the life exchange is something um, that I, I haven't been familiar with where they had the candidate um, have a conversation with somebody who actually did the role so they could understand what the role was. And you read something on paper and you're just applying to, yeah. to be able to do that and then to not have that person be in the judging part of it. I thought was really profound and I thought the Starbucks was important because it communicated so many different things as far as we want you to get together casually and we want this to be a buddy relationship and we want both people to connect and feel comfortable with each other as soon as possible. So I thought those were clever ways to make changes that obviously created big results. Mm. I don't know. What's your takeaway? I think my biggest takeaway is that Brian doesn't have any tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my takeaway is that the power of one leader can change an entire culture of a business. No, I think that just the, the one guy can have such an impact on the culture of a business. And I'm listen, I'm just an observer. I'm just an outsider. I'm not the expert. Linda Foster's the expert. Uh, Brian Gibbons is the expert. But but just the culture change that one person can bring a team is profound. All right, so Linda, tell me the question that we need to end this podcast with. Will you choose to laugh at yourself this week? Yes. Right? Yes. Like, what kind of 
silly. Can you just go, that was the stupidest thing I've ever said? <laughs> or, wow, that was, you know, I was obnoxious. <laughs> okay, whatever. Like, just can we start laughing at ourselves? Because I don't see how we laugh with other people until we laugh at ourselves. So Amen, will you sister. choose to laugh at yourself this Amen. week? Amen.